0: Hey man, my buddy Chris is with us today. Um, we've been talking a lot about the campaign. You said you found something. Yeah,
1: dude, just another old quote that had me thinking about Ogo, uh, Some dude called Robert J. Sawyer. So he said, and keep in mind, this was a long ass time ago. He said, well, all the things that made us basically nasty, rapacious, competitive as a species are not necessarily hard-coded into whatever passes for the DNA of artificial intelligence.
0: Well, doesn't that depend on who's doing the coding? I'm just kidding, dude. Exactly. All these politicians out there talk about Algo not being human. Like, it's a bad thing. Like, don't you get it, guys? It's you, us who are the freaking problem. Let's give the reins over to something without all our human BS. Right, right on. Exactly, man. It's like the simplest slogan is the most accurate one when it comes to Algo. Maybe the person we need for the job
1: isn't a person at all.
0: Preach, brother. John and Lake would be proud of you. All right, let's get into our interview with Lester Ryan from No Driver. Welcome to Algo 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is an audio drama based on the book, 2032, The Year AI Runs for President by Keir Newton. Each episode will be released mirroring a chapter from the book. This is part seven, Keo. Oh
2: my God.
1: Kyo stood in her apartment's hallway and admonished me with a playful finger waggle. It instantly struck me how beautiful she was, more so than I even remembered. Maybe it was actually time that made the heart grow fonder. She had bare feet and wore a pair of form-fitting jeans and a long, Henley-style shirt. Her hair was parted in the middle and hung straight on each side, resting just above her shoulders. As always she carried herself with an elegance that was natural and unpracticed. At five feet two, she looked diminutive, but I had learned very early that what she lacked in stature, she more than made up for in fearsome intelligence and character. She'd only come to the U.S. at age 11, speaking no English and living in a one-room apartment down on Grant Street with a distant aunt. But by 25, she was the co-founder of Laura Lee, and one of tech's true elites. I had to hold myself back from embracing her. I wasn't sure how she might feel about me after all this time. She raised an eyebrow and looked me over. There wasn't even a hint of the accent from her native china left in her voice.
2: Hello, Isaac. You? You look so old.
1: Wow, thanks for the compliment. I laughed. She always had a way of bringing me back down to Earth and her dry humor eased my anxiety.
2: Oh, stop it. Older than the last time anyway, okay? Damn, it's been forever.
1: Way too long, Kyo, I said as she leaned in and hugged me tightly. I reveled in her embrace. It made me happy to feel that long, sought-after touch again. A sharp pang of regret suddenly coursed through me. A vision of what might have been if I hadn't run away to Hawaii flashed before my eyes, then flickered out just as quickly. Keo cleared her throat and pulled away.
2: I gotta be honest, I'm surprised to see you. I wasn't sure you'd be able to pry yourself away from Jamin's grasp.
1: Well, you know Jamin, that did take some doing all right. She nodded gently, then glanced at my bare feet.
2: Looks like you had quite the party.
1: I nodded. I considered telling her about the attack on the rideshare, but decided against the distraction.
2: I remember those. Well, come inside. I have something you can borrow.
1: I followed her into her living room before she left me and disappeared into a hallway. I glanced around the room. There was a workstation with four screens against the back wall, with window upon window of programming code. Clearly, Keo hadn't simply retired to a life of leisure. That didn't surprise me. She'd always been irrepressibly motivated by work. Keo eventually returned and thrust a pair of rainbow-colored flip-flops into my chest.
2: I'm not too sure how well they'll work with the rest of your ensemble, but hey, better than nothing.
1: I thanked her with a knowing nod as Keo brushed away a lock of hair that had fallen onto her face.
2: I suppose tonight was the last big party before election day?
1: I sure hope so, I said. My temples reminded me how much they were aching.
2: No drink then?
1: Definitely not.
2: Ah, so it was one of those Laura Lee parties.
1: Keo laughed and reached for a pot of coffee on a little table nearby. I finally worked up the courage to say what I had needed to say for a long time. Kyo, I... I'm sorry. I can't believe it's taken me this long to say that to you.
2: Hey, I didn't exactly reach out either. I'm sure it was as hard for you as it was for me.
1: I wanted to reach out and hold her again, but I stopped myself.
2: How long are you back for, anyway?
1: Well, I guess that's going to depend on what happens with Algo. Her whole demeanor suddenly shifted at the mention of the AI. She tensed up, and she clasped her hands together, then looked down at the floor.
2: Of course, Algo. So, did... did you get a chance to meet it?
1: Yeah, I said.
2: It's different to Athena, don't you think?
1: I'm sure beginning to think so, I said. I thought of Jamin's explanation of Algo's power, and its billions of scenarios, analyzed in any single moment. I wondered if she would add any insight of her own, but she simply nodded. I tried to push her for more. You, I asked. You've talked to it then.
2: Well, I've observed it.
1: That seemed an oddly vague answer. I waited for her to add more, but she simply kept staring at the floor. I decided to offer more detail from my own meeting with the AI. So... Jamin actually let me talk to it solo. I'll admit it's damn impressive, Keo. He's even promised to show me more tomorrow night. I was waiting for her to press for something more, so we could get into a discussion on the details of Algo's potential capability, Jamin's revelation of the pyramid, and what she might or might not know about it. I was surprised when she didn't. She finally spoke after a long pause.
2: Lucky you, Isaac.
1: Kiyo spoke in an almost timorous tone I didn't remember ever hearing before. I could only wonder what could have her so anxious. I smiled at her and figured there was one extra detail that she'd like, and that might start her opening up. So, one other thing, I said. Algo did tell me to say hello to you. It said it sees you as another of its parents, like me. Keo seemed to ponder that for a second. I thought I detected the barest smile and appreciation, but then she just stared wordlessly into her coffee cup. So, do you want to know about Jamin? I asked. It's the first time I've spoken to him in three years after all.
2: Let's not talk about all that for a little bit, okay?
1: I found her reluctance kind of mystifying. Hadn't she asked me here specifically to talk about Algo and Jamin? I wavered for a moment wanting to push her further, then relented. I hadn't even considered that she might not love me bringing up all these memories from three years ago. It was probably reviving a lot of pain and anguish. Maybe she just needed time to work up to it. kio suddenly leaned forward and squeezed my hand.
2: Follow me, would you?
1: I stood up and we moved briskly into the dark hallway. She turned around and motioned me to stop. She stared at me with a strange intensity. My mind dared to wonder, was this finally the moment? Did she mean for me to kiss her? We'd almost crossed that line once, five years ago, but we'd never spoken of it again. I leaned forward, but she put a hand on my chest to stop me. Then, she lifted up my left hand and tapped my smart palm.
2: I don't want any distractions for what happens next.
1: My heart raced. Okay. I said. If that's what she wanted. I held up my hand as I turned off the device. No distractions. I reached for her hand.
2: This. This is the only part of the apartment that the cameras can't see. Cameras? We can't stay here though. It'll get suspicious. We need to talk for a while longer back in there. But after you leave, meet me outside, okay? I'll be down a half hour after you go.
1: Kyo, wait, who will get suspicious? This is all very confusing. She held a finger up to my lips.
2: I'll explain, but for now, you just have to trust me.
1: I nodded, although I wasn't entirely sure that I did. I had a hard time processing any of it. I'd never seen Keo show any kind of vulnerability like this before. We walked back into the living room and sat down. Then... We proceeded as if this was still just a catch-up between old friends. We chatted about nothing special, and after 30 minutes, she stood up and ushered me out.
2: It was so nice of you to come by, Isaac, even if it was too short.
1: Yeah, this was nice. I'll try and come by again before I head back to Hawaii. She hugged me and helped me into the elevator. She was smiling as the doors closed, but this time it looked forced and totally unfamiliar. Who did she think was watching her? Jamin? Algo? Why would they do such a thing? And even more obviously, how? The virtual doorman doffed his virtual cap to me as I walked out through the lobby. I smiled weakly at it, as I also spied the familiar round black sphere of CCTV cameras in each corner of the room. They were all suddenly suspicious. I chastised myself for even thinking it. Was Keo now shifting her paranoia onto me? But I wondered if there could be something in what she was saying. She had seemed genuinely anxious, even afraid. I walked back across to the park and then down about a half block. I could still see the exit to her building. I decided that I had to give her the chance to explain. I owed her that much. My smart palm was still off but I guessed it was pretty much exactly 30 minutes when Keo came out of her building. She paused as she reached the street. She made no sign of acknowledging me, but simply started walking down the hill toward Van Ness Avenue. I laughed to myself, wandering the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the night, shadowing my old friend like some old detective story. I only wished I had a jacket and fedora to really play the part. I stayed on my side of the street matching Keo's steps, but about 20 paces or so behind. I followed her for one block, then another, only taking my eyes off her to dodge the occasional sleeping body or pile of trash. She didn't turn back once, but I had a sense that she knew I was there. After a couple more blocks, she turned into a narrow alleyway. I took this as the sign that I should approach. I was breathless and a little frustrated when I reached her. What the hell was all this about? I do like these games, Keo, I said. But it's a bit late for it. Keo's eyes darted around as if she was looking for something.
2: Yeah, sorry to bring you this far, Isaac, but this is the first street where there aren't any cameras.
1: Keo reached into her jacket and pulled out a cigarette. You smoke now? I asked. Keo lit the cigarette, then carefully wedged it between two bricks on the wall next to us.
2: No. This way my Athena won't question me being gone. It'll detect the odor when I go back in.
1: Wait. You think your Athena is monitoring you?
2: I don't think it is. I know it is. It's Jamin. He's using Athena to monitor me. He can get to any device. He has everything watching me.
1: This was a side of Keo I hadn't seen before, that I didn't even know existed. She was trying to stop herself from shaking. Her fear was real. I moved my hand toward her shoulder, but she shrank away.
2: I know how it sounds, Isaac.
1: I nodded, trying to take it in. I was no apologist for Juman. I knew there was little he wouldn't stoop to doing in the pursuit of something he wanted. And sure... Winning the presidency was the biggest thing he'd ever set out to do. But spying on his old co-founder, could he really be so petty? I decided to ask the obvious question. Keo, but why would he do this?
2: He doesn't trust me. He's worried I'm not towing the line.
1: Jamin had already told me that Keo was being unhelpful to the campaign but could he really be so paranoid as to direct Athena and others to spy on her? Keo looked at me angrily.
2: Jamin wants to win, and he thinks I might get in the way. That's the only reason he's ever needed. Have you forgotten what our old friend is like? How low he can go?
1: I bit my lip. I had my own doubts about Jamin's true motivations. Of course I did. That was half the reason I'd come back to San Francisco and why I was standing in front of Keo at this very moment. Keo, I get it. Look, I talked to Jamin. Of course he wants to win. But that doesn't mean he'd secretly direct your Athena to watch you. For one thing, hell, it's you. She visibly flinched at the dismissal and looked at me as if I'd gone mad.
2: Christ, Isaac. He's done it to me before. Jamin took away everything I ever cared about, and he did the same to you. Of course he's capable of this.
1: Kiyo growled in frustration, then closed her eyes as if trying to refocus. She was right, of course, but there was part of me that didn't want to accept it. I cursed the fact that it was Jamin who had sown some of the doubt about her in my mind. I wanted to suggest she just turn Athena off, if she was so worried about it. But Athena was always integrated into every control point of the home, every connected device, mobile or otherwise, all controlled centrally from servers and Laralee data centers. Even if I suggested Keo disconnect altogether, I figured she'd think Jamin would just turn the AI back on remotely. Keo grabbed me by the shoulder.
2: Shit, you were there three years ago, weren't you? Did I miss something? What was the change Jamin made to Athena? I want to hear you say it, damn it.
1: Well, he he updated the Athena software so that it never stopped recording.
2: Everything. All the damn time, Isaac. Even when our users weren't interacting with it.
1: I felt suddenly defensive. Yes, but, but we only ever analyzed that data in aggregate to improve Athena's language skills. We never looked at specific user data. Keo laughed and suddenly pulled me closer. She held my face just in front of her own.
2: Goddamn. You practiced that response with the company lawyers or something? Shit, Isaac. You convinced me back then that it was wrong. Only Jamin just worked out a way to get it done without us. What's changed? You suddenly trust him now.
1: No, of course not. I, I, I don't know. That was the truth. She was right. What had changed? Was I forgetting everything that had happened because of some desire to see more of Algo? Was I letting my desire to understand the AI blind me to what Jamin had done then and to what he might be capable of now? But Keo also wasn't herself. I regarded her face. Her eyes were glassy and bloodshot. She was panicked, fraught, more manic than I'd ever seen her. How could I be sure this wasn't just paranoia stemming from some kind of bitterness over what Jamin had done to us? Keo simply laughed and pushed me away.
2: Are you really so naive?
1: I found myself unable to respond. I didn't know what else to say. I was suddenly angry and frustrated. At Jamin, for what he might be doing to her, but also at myself. She'd reminded me why we'd been apart for three years and I suddenly felt a sense of shame. Shame that I hadn't stood up for her. Stood up for the two of us against Jamin. I hadn't even particularly disagreed with the idea to have Athena constantly recording. But I demanded we inform our users and not hide it deep within the indecipherable jargon of our terms of service. Jamin used the whole episode as a catalyst to push Keo and I out. He had always wanted complete control of the company, and he'd found his way to get it. He sold the board a vision of being the most powerful company in the world. The price was his complete and unchallenged control. The board didn't even blink when they sacrificed us to give it to him.
2: The world isn't ready for an AI president controlled by and Lake. I thought you of all people would understand that.
1: You're right, I said. And I had to admit to myself that I did believe that. But I'd become unsure that Jamin did control everything about the AI. Even the small signs of potential in Algo had me questioning what I'd previously been so sure about. I looked at Kyo. But what if Algo really is different? What if it were actually free of Jamin's influence and control? Kyo threw her hands up in the air in frustration.
2: I don't care about Algo. This is about Jamin. Shit. I'm not the only one who doesn't trust him, you know?
1: What? Like who?
2: Hell, I talk to people. Old friends from Laura Lee. People from other companies in the Valley. I ask them about Algo and I tell them what I think. I've even talked to some of the politicians we used to lobby.
1: Jamin's words suddenly rattled around my head. Keo was unhelpful to the campaign. I could understand how she might feel about Jamin but surely she wouldn't actively help Algo's opponents. Don't tell me you're actually talking to people in AOC or Trump's camp, I asked. Keo didn't respond. I felt a pain in my gut. Wait, surely not the candidates themselves, I asked.
2: To Alexandria, yes?
1: I stepped backwards. I didn't want to believe it.
2: We've just talked, Isaac, privately. That's why Jamin's using Athena to watch me. He thinks I'm helping her.
1: It felt like the air was suddenly sucked out of my lungs. Hadn't she seen the world these politicians had created? Keo put a hand up to my face, possibly sensing she was losing me.
2: Look, Isaac, if he really, really wanted to, don't you think Jamin could find a way to access all of the data from my Athena? Everything I search for. Every appointment I have. Shit. Every conversation I have?
1: I started to shake my head. Then, something she had said earlier suddenly hit me. Could she have proof? Wait, you said you don't think Athena's spying on you. You said you know it is. Keo looked up, ready to respond when a loud ding rang out at the end of the alleyway. It was an alert from a phone or smart palm of some kind. There was murmuring as a person, presumably the owner of the device started to stir from where it looked like they'd been sleeping under a makeshift plastic tent.
2: Fuck. It's Athena. I didn't think anyone else was here.
1: Keo grabbed at my hand. I looked at her desperately. Her reaction wasn't that of a normal person, was it?
2: I should have checked. Shit.
1: She slapped the wall, brushing the cigarette onto the ground with a howl of anguish. I went to grab her. She instantly pulled away.
2: It'll know. It'll know.
1: What? You're Athena?
2: Athena, Jamin, Algo. They're everywhere. Every device is a threat. I need to get back upstairs. God damn it! I knew I shouldn't have risked this.
1: Please, Keo, I said. Let's just talk. Suddenly, there was a flash from the other end of the alleyway of red and blue. An SFPD cruiser turned into the street. Keo moved behind me, out of its direct sight. She pulled my head close to hers.
2: You're right in the freaking middle of this, Isaac. Just be careful you don't play exactly the part that Jamin has carved out for you. If he's watching me, then he's probably watching you.
1: Despite everything, I couldn't help thinking this still stemmed from the breakup of Laura Lee. That her paranoia, her complete distrust of Jamin even her actively working with AOC, was part of a struggle to deal with the trauma of three years ago. Jamin hadn't batted an eyelid when he'd cut Keo out of the company. He had stolen everything that had mattered to her. You have to tell me, Keo. You said you know Athena's watching you. How? I figured there was still that chance. Maybe she really did have proof.
2: I need to go. If I'm away any longer, it'll know something's not right.
1: And with that, Keo hugged me. And then she was gone. She snuck away down the opposite end of the alley. I was left standing alone. The police car slowly approached, and the driver's window rolled down.
0: Hey, one second. We need to talk to you. Somebody called in about some kind of argument in the street.
1: I stared into the darkened car, making out only the shape of the officer in the driver's seat. I could have used these guys earlier they take 97 minutes to respond to an attack on a driverless car, but turned up straight away to a call about an argument in an alleyway. No argument here, boss, I said. There was a long pause.
0: All right, then. You have a nice night.
1: I walked away. I was racked with regret. Not so much for what I had said to Keo, but from the fear that I might never see her again.
0: You've been listening to Part 7 of ALGO 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is written by Keir Newton and produced by Rotten Little Nerds. All the voices are voiced by AI itself. They are either fully digital or cloned voices via Play.ht. Given the nature of this story, it felt fitting to have AI voice the characters. Original music is AI generated via soundraw.io. Please join us next time for part eight of our story, The Town Hall. No prejudice, rational and acting solely to deliver the best outcome for the most folks possible.